Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. Wow! For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs> You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back on the Oz Network for uh, maybe a final time ever, maybe a final time for a year, two years, three years. Uh, no, Rossi's shaking his head. No, this will not be the final time ever. Uh, we are talking about the season one, oh, see, not series, season one. Scott Pilgrim takes off uh, season recap. I almost called a series again. I'm jinxing us. Brian Lee O'Malley is listening to this. He's expecting more from us. Uh, we are covering all of our favorite stuff from the first season, talking about the characters, the uh, the episodes, the moments, top five moments. And we're even going to talk a little bit about the English versus Japanese dubs here because uh, we watch this differently as we haven't really commented on the last couple of weeks. But uh, we're going to get into it here. My name is Colin and bread makes you fat. And my name is Rossi. And, you know, Colin, some people have too much chemistry. And what happens when you mix a whole bunch of chemicals? Well, you get an explosion. <laughs> Why are we mixing chemicals on this set? I figured you'd pick a young Neil quote. <laughs> I, I, it's the most I have. So, Well, it won't be long before we talk about young Neil. Or, like I said, we got a couple things to cover in this uh, recap here. Uh, we'll kind of end off on our overall rankings and our top five moments of the season. But I guess just to start off with... Um, Thoughts on the series as a whole, and then we'll kind of talk about the characters. I mean, I've talked about the series uh, across the board, you know, how it was able to add certain things from the books that weren't there. We'll take included for for me. What I like most about this is that it was everything. At the, it was everything everywhere all at once for Scott Pilgrim. This is a prequel. It is a remake. It is a reboot. It is a sequel. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think that's what works so much about this. Uh, it, it was in no way what I expected. And I think I, it was also great going into this as a fan and seeing the trailers that only really included clips from that first episode where I expected it would be one thing. I would have thought that I'd be more upset that we got a series that was not the original story, but they found so many ways to make it something unique and to still tell the original story at the same time that I loved it. So I, I've watched this twice now. I will watch it a third time. I'll watch it a fourth time. Uh, Rossi, overall thoughts on the series? Season! Season! I loved it. I genuinely had so much fun. I did not expect, like I said, like episode one when we started, I was like, I know like four things. Um, and I know that it's not the same story, so I wouldn't, even if I did, it wouldn't have carried over. But like, I knew next to nothing. And so like, I, I just was immersed in the story. I loved it. They, they had such a good cliffhangers. They kept going, the momentum, the storytelling um, and everything. I just loved the characters and I really had enjoyment with what they did here. I have no basis for what they could have done, like what they could have recreated, but everything here was so much fun. Even the, the worst episodes were still enjoyable to watch. And I, I just had a fun time throughout the whole thing. Uh, the main storylines, I guess, of this, uh, the main one being Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which, again, it took me two or three episodes to really get there's a point to that title. <laughs> this is about Scott taking off because I think I was expecting episode two, episode three was going to come back or whatever. But no, this is a season about Scott taking off. So him leaving at the end of episode one, that really is the main storyline. Where did Scott go? Somebody kidnapped him. We don't know where he is. It, it kind of becomes the Ramona show for the middle chunk of this as the detective trying to figure out where did Scott go, who took him. Uh, and then at the end, sort of the, the resolution about Scott, uh, you know, what happened to him with older Scott and all that, the kidnapping, all the stuff about their relationship, really getting to a relationship without actually seeing the relationship on screen is such an interesting idea. 
And then some of the side plots that we had, obviously all the evil exes had their things. We had Todd uh, falling in love with Wallace. I think that was a main plot line that uh, existed throughout the series. Uh, we had the knives joining sex bomb that played out over a couple weeks. Matthew uh, assuming control of the League of Eagle Exes uh, and <laughs> how all that played out, uh, which I guess grouped in with uh, the whole Gideon on the outs and how he finds his way back in to become the villain by the end of the, the series. Uh, and uh, and then the movie production, the, the, the production of Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life as a movie and then technically as a book and then as the, the the musical at the end. I guess those are our main plot lines of the season. Uh, any standouts for you there? Thoughts on the overall uh, storylines? I mean, I, I thought that they were good. I mean, like you, we talked about the takes off and none, none of us really caught it on until very late. Um, but yeah, it being a central point, but I think that like it works, especially for what we got. Whereas I feel like we know that, Scott's not a perfect character, but we really got the story of like Ramona's really got problems that she needs to address. Yeah. And so I think that it works essentially. It's really the story is really told from her POV for like the whole thing. It's really her, it's Scott's story, but it's really her story, her journey. Mm -hmm. It's all her exes. She's fighting them most of the time. Like, so to have her come to realization about everything it really works that scott's not here for that like it's like her journey to discovery so again, i think it works so well and i i think that it was great i think that all the the plot lines that carry on like i said in the last episode all the little things that get introduced really close at the end like there is no there's stuff that they can obviously move forward with but it's like everything has been closed that so that if this is the last it, it really closed everything off in a great way yeah, uh, the uh, the whole Ramona as a detective thing was great for me because this is sort of the opposite of what the movie was. The movie was told from Scott's point of view, and Ramona was a serious character that as each ex came in, you got a little bit more information on her. Uh, they still have that here, but making it from her point of view, it allowed more focus to be on her problems, which was sort of there in the movie, uh, but uh, definitely... More prominent, more prominent here, I'd say, even in the books. And they really did it justice. For, with each of the exes, they boiled it down to what the point was in the original story, but just found a way to elaborate on it, which was great. Uh, I, I love the idea of Matthew, the, the least important ex, the one who got the least amount of screen time that was basically defeated in the first, what, 20, 30 minutes of the movie and, and the first issue of the, the books uh, becoming the new boss. It was such a different spin on it. And it didn't take anything from the other exes, especially Gideon. If anything, it gave him Gideon more to do because Gideon is the one character that really doesn't have redeeming qualities. He is the ultimate bad guy in the original story. And I don't feel like they, they make you sympathize with him in any ways. They just give him that little bit of extra development and being able to see things like, you know, what would happen if somebody else had Gideon's fortune? Like the fact that it came down to him losing billions uh, with all that was great. Uh, and then uh, the knives and Steven storyline, like this again is something that I feel like it's, it's still consistent with the story. There, there is a bit of interaction that Steven and knives had in the books kind of minor, but putting a different spin on that was again, so much fun. So th there's, all these different little subplots, they found a way to work in there. And then doing the whole movie slash musical thing, that very meta way of working in Scott Pilgrim's original story into this was fantastic. Um, characters, I mean, I think the, the only way to really group this in is you got your hero characters and your villain characters, even though in this there's really, I guess you can say there's two villains. Gideon's a villain and Scott's a villain, which is kind of fun. Uh, but uh, if we're going through, I guess, the heroes first, we've got... Uh, uh, the main ones, obviously, Scott and Ramona. Uh, and then we can fit in all the, the side characters, the friends. Uh, you have Steven, you have Kim, you have Knives, you have uh, very little bits of Stacy, his sister. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wallace, I guess, would be included in there. And then uh, the most important one, Young Neil. So might as well call this the Young Neil appreciation segment because I, I, I think I told you very early on when you were saying like he was your favorite character. Like Young Neil is the most under the radar, brilliant character in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, he's so consistent. Everything they did with him here is brilliant. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the different uh, dubs here because uh, I haven't gotten to the clips yet to be able to judge the the young Neil character. But uh, I love everything that Johnny Simmons did in the movie and even as this as young Neil. 
Um, favorite characters among the group of heroes? Least favorites? Do you have a least favorite? Um, I don't know if there's a least favorite. I, I don't really dislike any of the characters that we've got introduced to. Um, maybe like, I don't, I mean, Stacy's literally not in it, so I can't really say much on her. Um, but yeah, like young Neil is like by far and away my, the gem of this entire thing. Um, like I didn't expect, I didn't really expect like anything. I didn't really know who to expect or like, I didn't even know his name like before this. Um, but yeah, no, he just like, he stole my heart, like from the beginning, like everything that he was in, I was like, so good. Every, every joke that he was a part of was great. He's so, he's, uh, he's perfect. I, I loved him so much and I'll save the discussion on the voice for later, but like, he was great. Um, I know you talked a lot about knives. We really didn't get a lit a lot from her in this, in this story. So I, I know that you love her so much. Um, unfortunately I can't say I love her as much as you just that, cause I didn't get a lot of her. Um, but she is a great character. I, I do really enjoy all of these characters. Some of them are a little more background, but I thought that the little bits of Scott we saw were fun. And, and Ramona, I think she's a really interesting character and I, I enjoyed her throughout the whole series. Cause this is her story. Yeah. Uh, knives. I, I don't want to say she got the short end of the stick here. I feel like all the characters kind of got an equal amount, but because she was so much more prominent in the movies and in the books, it almost seems fair if you're going to have somebody who maybe doesn't need that development in this one, that it would be her. Uh, when we get to the movie, uh, definitely join us when we do the movie recap later this year, because uh, you'll see the brilliance of her. It's so much in the uh, Ellen Wong's uh, facial expressions that she has. Like when the, the last episode you're mentioning about knives passing out again, like those things, just the, the panickiness of knives, the over exuberance. I don't know what would be the word of it. Her being so excitable. There's even the, uh, there was a moment, I think, in episode seven where Scott was like, wow. And they're like, what do you sound like Knives Chow? Like there's something that Ellen Wong does with her wows, which is just brilliant. Uh, that, that'll be more for the discussion on the, the Japanese versus uh, English dubs here. But uh, but I still was very happy with what they did with Knives here because Knives is a character that had a very different type of closure in the other stories. But this gives Knives like a future. This is like, okay, this is where you're going with Knives. It's not just you wrapped up this story. You kind of know where Knives is going after this. And it, it felt like it fit a lot. Um, Ramona and Scott are, are two of the, the greatest characters ever written, as far as I'm concerned, because it is this is essentially a parody. Like all books, movies, video games, anime now, it is a parody of these type of, you know, 20-somethings. I guess in the 80s, they would have been like John Hughes-type stories. And, uh, you know, early 2000, well, this would have been like the era of like Garden State and things like that, you know? Uh, but even though it's a parody, like there is so much depth to their characters, especially when you see how they deal with relationships. That's really what this story is about. And I love how consistent they were able to be with both of those characters in that. Um, Steven, again, one of these characters that him, I guess Kim gets more to do in this. Kim, Kim is the character that I think the fan base was always buying the movie. Like, yes, Kim was great in the movie, but there was so much more to that character. And we've still really only scratched the surface of how much there is with Kim's character in this story uh, and, and how great she is. Uh, I, I, this is not even about this, but uh, the, the the actress who plays Kim in it, and it is an English dub, Alison Pill that I mentioned, she's on the, the Star Trek Picard TV series. And Jamie and I are actually watching through uh, season two of Picard right now, which we hadn't got around to. And there's a scene where she actually... I'll just say she's under the influence of something. I'm not going to go too into depth, but she does a musical number, which is like a big elaborate, like classical musical number, which has an incredible voice. And as that scene was playing, all I said is to Jamie, he's like, don't you just want to right now, just like throw our arms up and go, we are sex. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Uh, yeah. Everybody's so great in the show, like all the characters, but yes, young Neil, let's talk about it. Uh, he, he is a character that, will have one line in a scene and just steal that entire scene. And I mentioned, wait for the red highlights in the hair coming out when you see that in the movie to see how brilliant young Neil is as a character. Uh, but everything they were able to do with him, like just making him such a dumb character that like he just lives in his own world where he's like, oh, I wonder if there's any relation, things like that. And for me, the best stuff with young Neil throughout this entire season was uh, when he was on the Hollywood set playing Mr. Hollywood big shot, you know, when, when he's like, oh yeah, they, they call these Mario carts or like your opening line about the, the explosions on the movie set. 
when he had the 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 glasses. Oh, the the, the darkness of the scene is meant to reflect. Yeah, uh, young Neil, you have glasses on right now. It's it's so great. Uh, flip side of that, the villains, which most of these are no longer villains now that we've seen this series, but uh, the main ones, I guess, being the older Scott and even older Scott, uh, which are new but still consistent, which I'll talk about when I I talk about this. But uh, the X's which is all the seven Ramona exes, Gideon, the twins. Uh, we can even include the robot in there as well, which was such a great little thing they threw in throughout all the episodes, this little mystery. Uh, Roxy, uh, Lucas, Todd, Matthew, and then we have to throw Envy in there as well. Uh, thoughts on those characters, standouts, least favorites, any of those? I mean, while while you mentioned, I'm just going to mention like quick thing, like the continuity continuing throughout the, the storyline, like that robot was such a key yeah, like it was just barely mentioned each episode, but it like kept everything moving forward. Like, what is the big bad? And the fact that the big bad was teased so many times for the mm-hmm. longest time, you think it's the the twins because they're the ones who would who have the robot and the robot showing up all the time. You think it's Matthew because he's the 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 leader, and like the fact that it's always being like stepped up, like just- it. Just out of curiosity, at any point, were you thinking any of the other evil exes could have been it? Or were you dissecting, well, this is too early in the series for it to be them because they kind of did like an episode by episode thing. I might have just been like, like Ramona, like it's not Roxy. All right. She's not, she's not the, yeah. like, I, like I might've just gone along with that. I probably did. Um, I, 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 I was, I was, I probably was assuming it was the twins because we were getting so much of them not in the story. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, they're just saving it for the very end of the episode. Um, but no, no, they it, it it did get me the whole surprise of it also. Uh, but villains, I I don't know if we I don't know if I talked enough about this on their episode, but I love Todd. Yeah, Todd is the greatest. Like he is the most fun. I I love Roxanne. We talked a lot about that on the episode, but like Todd by far and away was the biggest shock out of all of them for me that I liked. Um, they were all good. They were all fine. They had their own characterizations and everything, and I liked the way that some of the characters went, but Todd, like, I just think the complexity of everything that came with him, like he's a vegan, but then he stops eating meat after his heart's broken. And then the fact that he fell in love with Wallace and all of this stuff that happened was just so intense and and unexpected. And I I, I fell in love with him. Todd was coming into this hands down my favorite of the exes. Um, and a lot of that had to do with Brandon Routh from the movie because uh, he was so brilliant. And nobody really ever seen him do comedy before. And he's kind of like a Chris Hemsworth where ever since Scott Pilgrim, he just gets picked up. Even if he's playing a serious role. It's like a funny, serious role. Like when he was on that Legend of Tomorrow show and the Arrow, uh, or even when he was on the TV series Chuck, like there was just this funny aspect to his character. He's so good at it. But uh, uh, just as a side note, Brandon Routh, when this movie came out, like I was a fan of Arrested Development. So I was obviously a fan of Michael Sarah. Um, I didn't really know Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Ramona Flowers, or a lot of the cast members. But Randall, being a massive Superman fan, uh, I still to this day have a blanket that I bought when Superman Returns came out. Uh, that is like the Brandon Routh Superman. I, I I'm not joking. I I I have that up. In, I slept with it last night. Right. My brother used to always joke when I had that. It's like you're sleeping with Brandon Routh every single night. Uh, but uh, this character is just he is the young Neil of the exes, you know? Uh, so I'm glad to hear this say that you, you love Todd as well. And what was fun was that he's a character that uh, he's redeemable, but not redeemed in the original series. Cause what you don't get in the original series is that envy is cheating on him or had cheated on him in the past and didn't tell me that was basically a whole Scott Ramona knives thing going on. Uh, and he just didn't realize it. So you end up kind of feeling sorry for him, but then he's also such a villain himself because he's cheating. The way they worked that in with Wallace was just brilliant. Like I'm, I'm completely with you. I've got two moments I'm still debating on when we get to our Hall of Fame moments here uh, that are going to involve the whole Todd, Wallace, and Envy thing. Um, but older, even older Scott, like the idea that they did this is still consistent. Again, without giving too much away, you see a glimpse of this in the movie, but there was something called Nega Scott in the books uh, that was briefly used in the movie as well, uh, which is the idea of this villainous Scott Pilgrim, which I think is what they were going with here, which coincidentally is sort of similar to what they do with the Super Ramona later on, like this joining together with it, uh, which that was kind of fun because I had never really looked at this from the point of view of what if Scott, you, you have the Nega Scott thing, but like this is taken to the next level. So, I mean, they, they really did justice by all the villains by showing the redeeming qualities they had, uh, but 
I feel like none of these kids, Lucas being the best example, Lucas is still a douche, you know, but you probably feel more for Lucas than you do any of these other exes. Uh, once you get to the end of this, at least I do, I'm mean, maybe Todd, but, uh, but the fact that Lucas has to lose his entire career and that Ramona really did kind of ditch him. Like I, I, I actually, I, I sympathize more for him than I think I did originally. Um, <clears throat> we watched this separately. Uh, obviously we watched it separately. I didn't come to your house. You didn't come to mine. That would have been fun. Season yeah, two. Watch party. We'll, we'll do a watch party for season two. But, uh, uh, the fact is you decided to watch this, the Japanese version, because you're an anime fan. You wanted to watch this like an anime Japanese dub. Uh, I watched the English one because I love the movie and they got the entire cast back. Uh, you shared this clip with me, which I watched a little bit of it. You've now seen for the first time since the series is over, some of the English ones versus Japanese stuff. It was a fun experiment. Just kind of do this to be like, Oh, did your version have this? And sometimes you would have different reads on characters and performances than I did. But, uh, now having seen some of the English dub clips versus the Japanese ones, you were giving me some of your thoughts off the air. You just want to give us, give us your take on some of these, uh, differences in the characters and performances. Okay, I will say one thing about like the way my brain works is like if I'm used to something in like one language or something like that, it's kind of embedded that that's how it is. Mm -hmm. So like I first saw like the first Ghibli movie that I saw, which was um, uh, Spirited Away. I don't know if you're familiar. Jamie's mentioned. Yeah. It. Oh, it's it's on around the clock here because of my kids. Um, but I saw that in English because it was on TV or whatever or here or whatever. And so ever since then all other movies for me have to be in English just because that's how my brain has processed yeah. that information. So now it's hard for me to, to like step out of Scott Pilgrim as not Japanese. Um, so like on the whole, I'm probably going to prefer the Japanese just because that was what I first heard it as. I'm sure it would have been different if it was the other way around. Um, but so like on the whole, I prefer the Japanese, but I thought that it was not as um, like the difference was not as crazy as I thought it would be. The like a few clips I saw of Michael Sarah, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> Famously, I said in episode one, he's terrible. Um, but he was not as bad. Um, but there are definitely some like knives is way better in Japanese. No offense to the English uh, VA. Uh, Wallace, they prefer a lot more. Um, and uh, Roxy, I think, is really great in the, the Japanese. Um, and then Young Neil, it's I like both, but I still prefer the Japanese um, just because there's like a like airhead. I don't know. It's hard to explain. They're just very different. Um, I get I get the same characterizations from everyone, um, but I, I still feel like there's something different. I think that the I will say the best out of English that I've heard might be Kim. I think that Kim's English does a really good job, especially like there's that clip in one of the things I said where she does something sarcastic. Yeah. Um, the way that she says it in English is just, I don't think that Japan has sarcasm the way that America and, and, mm -hmm. and this part of the world has. Sar so like the way that she said that it was like, Kim has probably been the best English that I've heard. It, it is interesting. Cause like, uh, what you're talking about, how you see it and how your brain works. I'm similar. Uh, like I, I love Hong Kong action movies. Uh, I have like a massive collection. Uh, now as a kid, I got into this because my mom had, you know, rented a Bruce Lee movie says, Hey, you're in, you're in Taekwondo. This is a martial arts movie. It's kind of similar. Uh, now to this day, when I watch a Bruce Lee movie, I have to watch the English dub of it. But if I watch any other Hong Kong action movies, uh, I am watching the Hong Kong version of it. Flip side of that, the Godzilla movies, which I'm a massive fan of, uh, I always choose to watch the dubs of those. because that's kind of the appeal. So the new Japanese Godzilla movie that came out, Godzilla minus one, which by the way is like, that should have been nominated for best picture. It is that good. And that's just not me as a Godzilla fan. Like that movie is like blow your mind. Brilliant. It is like the dark night of monster movies. Uh, when I was watching, I'm like, I love this movie, but I can't wait to watch an English dub of it, which they haven't released yet because that's just how I know Godzilla movies. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're completely right with the performances. Like the one thing I'll say is the Michael Sarah performance. And again, this probably is a lot to do the fact that having seen the movie first, I know the flip side of this performance. I know the facial expressions. That's what I was mentioning about with Ellen Wong as Knives Chow, like so much of the facial expressions. And the same with uh, Johnny Simmons, who plays young Neil. Like there is just something about the look on his face when he delivers these lines that I can see his look while I'm listening to the animated version, even if what I'm seeing on the animated screen is different. Uh, so I, I lean more towards that. Uh, Scott in particular, I found that the, the Japanese dub, 
the performance is all there. In fact, he has like this exuberance. Uh, most of the Japanese performances lend themselves better to animation, I think, which works from the fact that these people probably that's their job. Uh, with the Michael Sarah though, there's something about the innocence of Scott Pilgrim that, and maybe it's the way I was introduced to, like he is just kind of like, you know, a child or like a puppy dog <laughs> would be a way of referring to it where he's, he's dumb. He's a jerk sometimes, but he just doesn't know any better that I just, I, I love that. I just want to say with Michael Sarah, he's, I've seen so many new ads where he's like a spokesman for these companies. Have you seen this thing for Sarah V the, the moisturizer? You saw that? Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen it, check it out. I guess this debuted during the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, it, it's essentially Michael Sarah's promoting it, but then the company is playing on this in the promotions. Like, this is not Michael Sarah made. <laughs> he has nothing to do with this. What I'm even looking right now, developed with dermatologists, not Michael Sarah. He's not a dermatologist. It's just, it's one of the greatest marketing campaigns I've ever seen. Um, rankings of the episode. So we kind oh, of- Oh, one thing I will say, sorry, one thing I'll oh, say go ahead. that- you know, you talked about young Neil and the facial expressions. One thing I think the show did well, especially with young Neil, I haven't thought too much further, but like the way his eyes are drawn, mm -hmm. like he has just the single like beaded dot. Yeah. eye, Whereas everyone else has like real eyes. Like, I just think that the way that they did his facial expressions really lended to the, the character, character. Yeah. Like as a, like, whereas, you know, Kim and Steven are a little more generic. Like, I feel like his like characterization did a really good job of highlighting that. Yeah, because there's no range of emotions with young Neil. You know, <laughs> he's dumb. He's aloof. He's just who he is. He's so it, glazed over the whole, whole Yeah, time. exactly. It it totally fits him. Um, so ranking the episodes. Now, I, I've been giving my rankings. Yours have been a little bit more loose throughout. Um, uh, I will say I, I'm going to have a change to my rankings here. It's going to be a big one, too. But, should uh, we go bottom up, like alternating, or how we, should we do it? Yeah, so let's let's both start with our number eight. Uh, so what is, okay. what is I'll, I'll, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Um, I'll go first. I feel okay, like I'm an FES controvert. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, my uh, number eight, though, the worst episode, which is not bad. I don't, I will say I'll preface like none of them were bad. We bought like, them all. <laughs> like, like this was such a bad episode. Like it just the worst of the, of a great bunch. Um, the, the bottom one for me is episode two. Uh, yeah, my bottom is episode four, which was the Lucas episode, whatever, uh, which it's funny as I, as I was skimming through these again, before we recorded this, I'm like, there is so much fun stuff in this episode, but to me, it boiled down the fact that that was more just a fun episode. You know, it wasn't as you know deep as some of the other ones. It wasn't as mysterious. It was basically what you see, but it was also the one that introduced the whole movie set thing. I think the fact that the episode that followed that, in my opinion, was so much better, uh, uh, definitely changed my opinion than uh, had that one at the bottom for me. Uh, you're, you're number seven. Yeah, my number seven. Well, my number seven is fittingly number seven. Uh, the 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 prequel, like the whole time prequel thing. Yeah, uh, to the one in the future. Scott goes to the future. Yeah. Um, no, I got that one higher. My number seven is episode six, <laughs> which was the Who Did It episode. Which Who did it? I, I said at the time when we were doing this, and and when I was going to my rankings, I'm like, why am I ranking this so low? But then when I skimmed through the episode, I'm like, I remember why. It's because. It was two separate stories. And episode two is very similar to that, where your first half is almost one episode on its own and the second half is its own episode. And I just didn't feel like it actually gelled together as well, these two stories. Although I love, in particular, like the the, the Gordon slash Gideon backstory stuff is amazing. Uh, but the Who Did It stuff is some of the best stuff in the series. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't given its whole episode. So that's why I ranked that second last. I will say the closest, I, the, the toughest for me was, like I could have swapped these last two for me. Like it was, yeah. it, oh, was it was that me. neck and neck. Which yeah. which, so like which I, is your I next couldn't one? Really, um, no, I meant the bottom two for oh, me. Oh, okay. I could have swapped the bottom two for me. Yeah. Um, but my number six is is number four, whatever. <laughs> and uh, my number six is number two. Uh, the the League of Eagle X's or a League of Their Own or whatever, okay. which was lower on yours, but similar for me. It, it just like with my feelings on the Who Did It. It was two separate stories. You had Scott's funeral, which could have been its own episode. And I get they have to do that sometimes. I just feel like other episodes did that that merging better. Uh, but I love both sides of the story, the Scott's funeral and then the battle between Gideon and uh, and Matthew. Uh, number five. My number five, which we already talked about, is episode six, Who Did It? Okay. Uh, any any particular reason? You you like that one more than I do, apparently. Um, I mean, I think it's just got some great comedy. Clue, right? What? It's Clue. Clue, the movie, the game, Clue. 
Oh, oh, like you mean the who did it, the actual yeah. concept. Oh, oh, I was like, what <laughs> quote is that? Uh, I know, I just think it, it, it like that was the info dump episode, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I thought that it just worked because there was a lot of the comedy and young, it was a lot, young Neil was very present in that yeah. one as well. <laughs> so I think that that helps me a lot. Uh, my number five is episode seven, uh, the, the future one. Um, so we have the same four in the bottom and then the same four in the top. Yeah, exactly. Just the order is different. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, I won't add too much on that. I think that the episode's great. It's just, it, part of it was just, it wasn't as strong as the first time I watched it. But I think uh, one of those reasons is because going in this time, I knew where the story went after this. So maybe it didn't have a, as much impact. Uh, number four. My number four is the one that started all episode one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is interesting because I, when I went through the IMDb rankings, I realized that episode one is ranked in the bottom four of this, which I don't think it was when the series first came out because this is the whole controversy. Like that at first episode is so close to the original story, which I think is what most people expected and they were thrown off originally. Um, I, I have it higher than that, but uh, uh, my number four is number five, uh, which was the Lights, Camera, Sparks episode, which uh, I really wanted to bump this one higher because it is such a clever idea uh, there was so much Todd in it. It's just the, the my top three, I just had, I guess, stronger reasons for ranking them higher, which now we're into our top threes. What is your number three? Number three is the one that ended it all, episode eight, is The World vs. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I have my number three as what was originally, this is one of the big shakeups. Episode one is the one that for the past seven weeks or whatever, I've been saying is still my number one. And it's probably more an appreciation for the different direction they took. I love so much what they did with that, especially the cliffhanger of like, I did not see that coming, that they're going the exact opposite direction of the original story. But uh, the, the two episodes that are strong of this are on a rewatch, I think, is what really improved this. So, I think the thing that took, that like put that, as I love that episode, I just wished, because you talked about everyone in the fight and I just, I felt like there was some, exclu- like it wasn't as, the fight could have been more. I yeah. I was a little let down by the fight. Yeah, which I mean, that is the, the twist. Scene. I get why they did it, but I, I kind of agree with you on that. You might as well, well do I just number wanted two. more to, to fight with them. That's all. You might as well do number two and number one together because number two will reveal number one. So what are your top two? Um, no, My number two, which I think this might be one of our biggest gaps maybe, but um, episode five, Lights, Camera, Sparks was my number two. Um, and it killed me because I... The, I really wanted to put it at number one just because I. Uh, uh, I'm debating so bumping close. it up at least to number three for me right now. It I think even talking about it. I'm changing mine right now. I'm putting that at number three and putting episode one at number four now. I don't know. I'm tough because my number my number one right now is episode three. Ramona rents a video. Um, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. Um I I'm going with uh, the the finale is my number two right now. I, I am changing number uh, lights, camera, sparks will be my number three. Uh, R- Ramona rents a video will be my number one, which that was the one where I, I think I said when I came into it, I'm like, oh, I like this episode. I wasn't like ads in love with this episode. But as every episode is passed, I just remember how much better that is had the best fights uh, of this entire series. Um, it's got so much character stuff. It's the first time we really get like some sympathy out of Ramona towards the people she's hurt. Uh, it was like a perfect episode. All right. And then that brings us to the main event, which is picking our top five hall of fame moments for the season. Uh, now I don't, I don't The way that Ben and I usually do this is one of us will kind of run through these, the ones I have, you can kind of see if any match, and then we'll just sort of throw discussion around and pick, uh, pick our five and then we'll rank our five. So I actually have at least one from every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I will say one one of mine, I can't really decide on a specific one from an episode, but I'll start with the, the beginning. My first Hall of Fame moment is basically the cliffhanger from episode one, the Scott takes off from Scott takes off episode one. Uh, Scott getting sucked in the portal and losing the fight, What which has happened. Uh, I've also got... Matthew, specifically Matthew defeating Gideon in episode two, another one of these like shocker moments. Uh, the low man of the totem pole just took over. I love that shot of like Gideon dangling off the building and having to sign his life away. Uh, I've got the entire Ramona versus Roxy fight from episode three. Cause as I said, the, one of the main reasons I rank that episode as my number one of the season is because of how incredible that fight is changing all the styles and everything. Uh, my next one is, uh, this is a bit, a bit of a uh, stretch cause it's technically a couple moments, but Episode four, young Neil 
and Ramona at the studio. So this is everything from him showing her them filming the scene, talking about him being the Hollywood big shot, the golf cart scene, and then I guess just showing the movie shoot in there. Uh, I've got from episode five. Now this is the one I'm having a tough time deciding on because I, I want to include the whole Todd and Wallace falling in love. The 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 why don't you try this take? And, uh, you know, do you want to go run lines in your trailer? But I also really love the reveal of Todd having the tattoo of Wallace and saying, I'm in love with uh, Wallace Wells and Envy freaking out at that. So I'll kind of throw both those out there. Uh, for episode six, I have the where, which is Scott's return. Uh, everybody, what we, we need to figure out where this happened or whatever. And then they open the door and Scott reveals, I'm the one who did it. Episode seven, I've got the uh, scene between future Ramona and young Scott, where she reveals young Neil's by young old Neil, old young Neil's biography and uh, her explaining their relationship and wanting to preserve it and everything. Uh, and then I got two from episode eight. I've got the big fight scene, even older Scott versus everyone. And then specifically, I've also got the fusion of Ramona and even older Ramona into super Ramona. So any of those on your list? Uh, sort of. So the one I think that I, I I'm with you, I think I also included the rock, the Roxy Ramona fight. Okay. Uh, which is definitely for one for me. Um, I definitely, I, I even went more broad than you did on this one, but I, I said the entirety of the Todd and Wallace relationship. Okay. I think it spans many episodes, not just the confession, but like it then leads into this envy Wallace fight. I even include things like um, in the movie, in the theater in the, when he's like mm -hmm. throws his popcorn away to run after Wallace, like, all of those moments for me was just like one big stretch like story. Like, so I included that um, sort of similarly, I even went even more broad. You said Ramona and Neil in the, the theater. I just said anything with young Neil. <laughs> so, um, uh, and that's the end of my like continuity. I included the entire final fight as well um, as like an entire thing. And those are the ones that I brought. So would you be opposed to splitting even older Scott versus everyone and super Ramona as two moments? Cause I think they kind of, they're broken up by you know, a lot of dialogue in there, but uh, yeah, but it all feels like a part of the fight. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just phase two. Um, so are there any on my list? Like uh, as far as I'm concerned, the one I'll fight for is the cliffhanger from episode one, Scott losing the fight and disappearing. That's one that I'm definitely going to fight for. Um, um, I, I think I'd be okay with including it. It just doesn't have any meaning to me of like, oh, he lost the fight. Like, it, it's just like the, like, I don't have any, I mean, like, I, I would go as just say it is the basis for the, the mystery of the series, you know, mm -hmm. uh, where it originated from. Uh, any on my list, like Matthew beating Gideon, uh, Scott I mean, returning. I will, say, I, will f I will fight for a young, like, I will keep, keep the young Neil entirety of the character as the top moment. I will fight for that. Well, well, if we're going to boil it down, because if we're, we were to boil it down to one moment, could we boil it down to the young Neil and Ramona at the movie? Studios? I mean, I, I, don't I think... could, I could boil it down to young Neil on the film set. Okay. But I couldn't boil it down to like, so I'm going to put then young Neil and Ramona at the studio slash the movie shoot from episode four, which is half the episode. So that's, I'm good with that still. Okay. Um, the uh, the Scott returning is that one that you're particularly attached to? Not really. Yeah, I'd be okay with striking that from my list. It wouldn't be in my top. So so what's what's I'll, I'll I will concede. I will give you. Is it in order or is it just in general top? Well, five? we'll we'll pick a top. We'll pick a top five and then we'll rank the top five. Uh, the oh, last okay. one I have in I'm here okay that with... like isn't really on your list is the future Ramona and young Scott scene, uh, which I'd also be okay with bumping that one if you are. Okay. Um, so I, I'm okay with keeping on the list the the sort of very initial disappearance of Scott at the and, beginning of the episode. Yeah, and I think if I'm um, going to pick Scott disappearing and Scott returning, the Scott disappearing, I think, is the more important. And there's more intention with the story and everything, so it, yeah. it works. Um, um, Matthew defeating Gideon, uh, any, any interest really. in that one? Okay, I'd be okay with losing that one. So what I've got now 
is six moments. So we're going to have to strike one or we're going to have to combine. I really think the Super Ramona and the Evil Scott battle are two separate scenes, though. That's the one thing that I'll be adamant about. Because uh, we, like we, ha we have a big break in there and it's 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 what the moments are. The, the battle is one scene and it's kind of like the Ramona versus Roxy. Like I would have included Roxy and Ramona making up as a separate scene from their fight. I think their fight is very much one specific scene, whereas the other isn't. I think the ones that were, were settled on right now is we've got the young Neil and Ramona thing, because we want to include young Neil. We've got yes. Ramona and Roxy, and we've got Scott leaving in episode one. So that kind of leaves two. I know we're going to include something from the finale here. The battle scene or the Super Ramona, and then what we are also you, have... What are you leaning toward more for the two? I'd two? lean more towards Super Ramona, just because if we're looking at what we have on this list, we have a fight scene, and the best okay. fight is Ramona and Roxy. Well, I'll do the Ramona fusion scene. Okay. But we have to then go back to including... Well, uh, Todd and Wallace. Well, yeah, see, that's what I was going to say. That would leave us now with Todd and Wallace as as being part of that. Now, again, if we were to pick, just for argument's sake, one specific scene of this, would it be the I think it's the, the running lines in the trailer. Like, I yeah. think that that's the, the most memorable of the whole thing. Yeah, which if is really... Like, oh, what happened? Like, yeah, that it's, would be it's it. It's Wallace talking to the director saying, why don't you try this? Them doing the kiss scene and then the run lines in your trailer, run lines in your trailer. Uh, even though I love the whole breakup scene that Todd and Wallace and NB have. I mean, th that whole montage is just what's so brilliant about it. So now we've got it, it becomes the catalyst for the future stuff of like. Yeah, exactly. Todd not talking to Ramona, the fight scene at the end of the episode. It, it, it works. And, and I, I think we were both on board. Like that was one of the most surprising things in this series. And it's one of the things that worked best about it. Uh, so we got our five moments. So it, it, chronologically, we have episode one, Scott's disappearance. Episode three, Ramona and Roxy's fight. Uh, episode four, young Neil and Ramona at the movie studio and the the, the film set shoot. Uh, episode five, Wallace and Todd falling in love uh, or the Wallace and Todd Sparks, whatever you want to call it. And then episode eight, Super Ramona. Uh, so which one of these would be your last to include on here? <laughs> I don't want to say, um, but it might be just super Ramona. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd put it higher than that. It, it, can we agree that Ramona versus Roxy is probably number one? Um, probably, yeah. I, I would say my bottom out of these, and maybe it is just because it is more a conglomeration of scenes would be the young Neil and Ramona stuff, but I have a feeling you're going to want yeah, that I knew higher than five. So this is what Ben, ben and I always, we have these trade-offs and all that. Um, okay. So you want Super Ramona at the bottom. I would say the young Neil at the bottom. I, I don't think either of us want that at the bottom. What would be your second to bottom one? I, I would say Wallace and Todd would be my second. I knew you would, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, you got to give me something. Because I feel like Scott disappearing you, has a bigger no. impact. Yeah, I know, I know. I'll do five. I'll do Young Neil. You're going to do Young Neil as five. Okay. Yeah, uh, because I just think that it's it's just such a short thing. And I think the the wall, the relationship thing is just more impactful throughout the entire, like to me as a storyline mm -hmm. than Young Neil being funny in like the set. Uh, so do we have, an, we have but, a number five? We've got potentially I, I, number one. I, I will not let that. You ha I think you have to put Ramona now. But, but see, this is where I'm torn because to me, the two most important parts of this series is Scott's disappearance and the Super Ramona at the end. Um, but based on the fact that you don't seem as tied to Super Ramona, I think I'd be okay with going with Ramona at four. Although I would not go with the Scott disappearing as number three in that case. So would we go then Wallace and Todd is number three? I mean, I... Yeah, I, I can't. I, I I'd hate to fight it, but I can't. So this is this is how every one of Ben and I's rankings for twenty four go. So looking at this list, if we run through number five moment of the series is the young Neil and Ramona at the movie studio, the movie shoot. Number four is the Super Ramona uh, from Sonic the Hedgehog two. By the way, in case you forgot what Casper said, number three is the Wallace and Todd uh, falling in love stuff from uh, episode five. Number two is Scott's disappearance from episode one. And number one is Ramona versus Roxy from episode three. I'm good with that list. Are you good with it? Yeah. There we go. I mean, obviously I'd, mine is including young Neil and Wallace higher, but yeah, I'll take a group ranking. Th there'll, there'll be no montage of this that is going to be posted on social media. So this is just for our own records here. 
Uh, but then that's it. That's Scott Pilgrim takes off. Any uh, last words you want to have on the series? Or I guess we, we have to say last words in the series slash what do you want to see if there is a season two, when there is a season two? I mean, obviously young Neil. I want to see more young Neil. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I know that you talked about it, but I'm curious to see this Wallace mobile relationship, if mm-hmm. that material more because he, see, he sees the sparks. Um, and just like what, the villains are left with like i feel like we got a little bit of what they're working on but not where they're going so i think that that could be an interesting mm-hmm. storyline of all these exes of where, where are they now like what are they doing and how do they still fit into the fold of everything in this universe mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i i have the advantage of having read the books and know how much stuff hasn't been covered and kind of knowing what brian Lee O'Malley went with for this series where he wanted to include moments that couldn't be included in the movie he wanted to do it with a different spin on it. Um, I think season two, because Scott wasn't here, there's a lot of stuff with Scott's exes that has yet to be covered. Um, stuff with Kim that is yet to be covered. I mentioned episode eight, there was the cameo from, uh, cameo of somebody sitting behind the twins uh, of Scott's ex, Lisa, who uh, was a big part in uh, at least a couple of the volumes. Uh, and, uh, and And to add to that, the thing with Knives, I feel like that's resolved on Knives' side, but I'm just going to tease you with something that we don't see in the movie, but Knives' dad appears in fight scenes fighting for Knives because of Scott's treatment of her. So that's something that I think is yet to be there. So those are just my teases of like what from the books to include. Scott's exes and uh, uh, the the stuff with Knives' dad, which I think can still come back. Um, based on this series, I all agree with you, the Wallace relationship. That's something that like this character... He's very much a background character, but it is part of the plot that Wallace is kind of moving on and Scott has to sort of move out on his own. Wallace is in a relationship uh, after being the guy who just breaks up everybody else's relationship. That's something that would be uh, very important to include in there. Uh, I feel like the I hate to say it, but I don't know if you need to include all the exes if you do another season. I, I feel like they would because of course the the trivia we gave on this um uh way back when was that Edgar Wright just had a group email that had been going since 2010 sent out one email saying would anybody be interested in doing the voices if we did a Scott Pilgrim animated series and in 2 hours every single person agreed to it i they they'd include them but i don't know if you need to include the the exes as far as like what are they all doing now we got some of that already i i think it's more the hero characters you want to see where they're going but young neil like if they are going to continue on with young neil don't give him his own storyline. And if you're going to give him his own storyline, make it something like this. I don't want them to change the character and, and try to make it like where you need a backstory on him. Like I think the appeal of the character is exactly what they're doing. Just continue doing it. Uh, but as far as the season two goes, we know that that Gideon Julie thing is going to become a thing. They, they, Brian Lee O'Malley said that, oh, we have no plans for a second one. We wanted to make this just so it could be on its own, but but we we can keep it open if there is. I don't buy that. I think that the fact that they didn't resolve the julia and gideon thing with the bomb in the 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 theater at the end of the last one uh, and that they had the post-credit scene means that yeah that will be part of the plot it's gonna be how is gideon going to interfere in the lies going forward but my pitch for the um like breakdown of like of how the villains can be included or the x's like you do have like julie and gideon like the Mm -hmm. two sort of vessels of those separate groups oh yeah so like i think that it's an easy like tie like it's so easy in the way that they sort of brought like the matthew gideon like it's so easy for them to just bring all the x's back for what like even if they're not you're on to something even if they're not fighting each other like there's just an easy way they're like uh hey todd portal we need something you know like i think there's an easy way to include them but you know i see i was thinking a season two would be gideon now wants to destroy both ramona and scott's lives it's not just about ramona anymore so the idea of bringing Scott's exes into this is now let's kind of dig up all Scott's d- dirty past, right? But the idea you have with Julie being on the one side of this and Gideon being on the other is what if they just disrupt their lives by saying, let's initiate some type of fight between Lucas and Knives or let's initiate young Neil versus, uh, I don't know, Envy or something like that. That would be really fun. So yeah, we're, we're onto some good ideas here. Uh, there will be a season two at some point. It might take years for it to come out, but I think that they're going to get there. Uh, but uh, this has been great. This has been a, a dream come true. First time I get to talk about Scott Pilgrim. Uh, get to introduce you to Scott Pilgrim. 
are you going to be there when we cover the movie later in the year? I'm already saying the movie we're doing, we're doing it for bad movie month, which we usually cap or not bad movie month, sorry, plot keyword month, which we, we similar to bad movie month. We try to cap those at 60 minute episodes. There's no way we're going 60 minutes. If Ben says he can only go 60 minutes on Scott Pilgrim, we're doing two episodes of Scott Pilgrim. But would you be there for that to do Scott Pilgrim later this year? Do do a one episode with Ben and you and then do one with me. And you yes. And see how that's they go. What, I was thinking about that this week. I'm like, if Ben's only doing one hour, I'm not going to go one hour on this. Or, but, or like the one episode and we just do two separate chats. About segments, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm, in, I'm curious. I, I just don't know. Like I said, I don't know how I'll be able to go back to English, but we'll see. It, I think the bigger struggle will be and this is where I had the luxury of I got to know these exes as villains and then see the redeeming side of them. I mean, I saw some of that when I read the books, but for you to actually go back and watch the movie where you're not going to get as much depth, where these characters are just going to be the, the bad guys, I think that's what will be more fun uh, to see your reactions to. But uh, we'll get there later in the year. Uh, as for right now, we still got 24 episodes coming out. Uh, Jim Carrey anniversary month is coming to a close this week with Man on the Moon. The only one not from 1994. Great movie, a movie I love. Uh, Andy Coffin biopic. Uh, and then uh, after that, we're going to jump into Ghostbusters movies right after that. Uh, and Amazing Race is supposed to come back, what, in a couple weeks now? Yeah, next month in March, I think. Yeah, and also on that note, uh, this episode is going up on what day here? So we are a couple of days away from the start of our Oscar month. So the Oscars are on the 10th. And I think we're going to be doing one of the best picture nominated movies every day up until the uh, the award ceremony. Uh, I don't know which one we're starting with. We've yet to start recording them. Uh, we're going to be starting in a couple of days, obviously, because they're in a couple of days. Uh, but uh, listen, every single day is we're going to cover one of the 10 best picture nominated movies. Uh, and um, then we'll have the Oscars and then we'll have Ghostbusters and 24 Hour Throat and maybe Amazing Race. So that's lots of stuff to get excited about. Um, for the last time, uh, sorry, I, I keep jinxing this. For the last time on this season, but until next season... My name is Colin, and rating awesome, and fun fact, Colin just covered eight Scott Pilgrim Takes Off episodes. My name is Rossi, and age, don't ask. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. 